Hello there. Hello there, and welcome to the latest episode of the Sift Takers Snapshots podcast. I'm your host tonight, Will Pinter, and I'm joined tonight by Ben Hibbert. Hello there. And almost famous, Richard Polly. <laughs> hey, mate. What we're going to be talking about tonight is hyperspace. We've got some results from recent hyperspaces. Uh, we're going to be looking at uh, the lists that were flown. And then we're going to be also looking at common factors within hyperspace and then what is starting to emerge and what, what, what we think is going to be coming forward. First of all, we're going to look at Vancouver, that, the hyperspace that happened this weekend. who's run by Andrew Bunn. Um, he was flying Kylo with hate, Lieutenant Savison and Starkiller Base. So, what do you think about that list, Ben? Kylo's an art-dodging beast, isn't he, as long as he's moving after everything else. And the other two are just pure firepower. You, you can't be in front of him. Four dice, five dice range one. Tabson's getting his double actions, coordinating things. It's a really good list. Obviously, seeing, seeing um, the actual two upsilons on the table, I mean, it's quite easy to get around him. I, I'm really interested to, to see how he's won with that. I mean... Rich, how do you reckon he's won with it, to be fair? Obviously, it's difficult to turn around with those uh, upsilons. Yeah, um, I think he's probably stalled a lot and self-bumped a bit. And, you know, he's not fortressing as long as Kylo's zipping about. You can't ignore Kylo or he'll flank you. So, But if you go after Kylo, then the upsilons come in behind you. So he's he can really slow roll with the upsilons, utilising the stop moves and even, as I said, fortressing to an extent with them and then coming in behind. But it'd be interesting if there was any stream games to have a look at how he's done it. Just because, as you said, I would look at those upsilons and think I'm just going to jump in behind them and ignore Kylo until the end. They do have the hard reds as well, though, which is quite a sharp turn on a big base. Yeah, I mean, there is that. Uh, but staying stressed quite a lot and then having to do a blue move makes you sure. pretty predictable with those. Yeah, like you said, Rich, it would be interesting to see how he's done it if there was some stream games. Yeah, I, now, I don't know what the what the build is. Did they have pattern analyzer or anything like that on them that made them a bit? No, it was literally sheer Lieutenant Tavison and Starkiller base naked Kylo with hate. Okay. That is it. Sounds I mean, good. I mean, there was four Rebel Beefs lists within that cut. Obviously, well. Rebel beef being pretty much anything that's salady with a lot of hull um, with the rebels. So 50% of that cut he's had to get through is rebel beef. Now, on the joust and then having Kylo as a bit of a flanker maybe, I can see how he's done that within the cut possibly. But anything with like Jedi and Darth Vader that we're seeing coming through that can zip about a bit, I think that would probably cause it a bit of a few problems. Yeah, no, I think um, I think you're right. Well, I think there's, there's something about not knowing what his um his matchups were um and not knowing how he was approaching them because while 50 percent of the cuts rebel beef he might have just not hit any of it or he might have just hit rebel beef and had a really good jousting game against it and not come up against any ace lists so it'd be really interesting to actually look through the results um if they're on something like list fortress just to see what he actually played against some results from two other system opens i've got one from texas which is brandon griffiths now, he was flying um, an, another form of Rebel Beef. Now, I'm not going to go through the list because Rebel Beefs go on endlessly. Um, <laughs> they're all, well, they are. They're all different builds. Everyone takes the little ships. Some have Wedge, some have Fane, some have... I mean, def, uh, there was a 76-man 
Defcon Hyperspace in Italy. And that was won by Rebel Beef. And then both of them two, Texas, half of the cup was Rebel Beef, Defcon Hyperspace in Italy, five of the top eight was was Beef. I mean, if, what is it with with these different Rebel builds that why people are taking them? What is it the action efficiency? What is it? What, what do you reckon it is, Rich? I think that it's um, it's one of the most solid. I, I don't want to say basic, but I think that's what I mean. Um, squads where everything's just powerful. Everything rolls lots of dice. So things have got, you know, three, four attack dice, two. Sometimes you'll have a B-wing in there with only one defense dice. So, you know, you follow quite a simple set of tactics and go evens. Um, I don't think you would ever find yourself going, you know, two and four or one and five if you if you were a competent player and you had Rebel Beef just because it's it's a really good solid all-round squad and i mean our our hyperspace half of the top 16 cup was rebel beef you know there was eight of them in it and as you've said you know all of these recent tournaments half of the cuts made up of rebel beef um so it's obvious that people not don't just enjoy playing it but they're getting success with it and then really good recognized good players in the uk scene are, are flying that combination of stuff as well and um, so like you know fishy at the system open people like that so you know, there's definitely something to it. I mean, obviously, Ben, you've had some, some quite a lot of success with it. I think you've made two cuts and got a world's invite by going undefeated with it. How do you see it? Do you see it as a, like you said, a bit more simplified, easier to fly type list, and then you've got to really concentrate later on when you make cut. It gets you there, and then you've got to start concentrating. It's one of them that it doesn't it doesn't drain your brain all day so much as you know, flying aces can you can have a lot of headache by them all the choices but here's a lot of i put my arcs this way you can't be there sort of thing and again you, you can make mistakes with it you can put yourself in a bad spot and absorb a couple of shots not lose anything whereas an ace if you mess up with an ace your ace is dead i think that's actually a key thing ben is that something in, in like top level games not like top level but like cut games Sometimes if you're flying fragile ships, that one mistake is the thing that punts you out of cut. Yeah. Um, but if you're flying something that's got two green dice and a focus and has got or six or seven health, then you know if you do put them in a bad spot, you might give up half points, but you're not losing a full ship. And it's quite forgiving. Obviously, watching the final myself the weekend with Alistair and Jack, like you said there, Jack basically almost telegraphed a move to go right. And whilst Alistair was convinced he was going right, he, he pivoted his U-wing. He, he basically pointed everything in that direction to get Han. And Han actually broke left completely out of nowhere and then engine boosted away. It left him in a vulnerable spot to have to recover from. So like you say, yeah, Ben, you can lose it and you can do you can make mistakes, but you can still recover from it. And yeah. to be fair to Alistair, he did recover very well and almost came back uh, beating Jack. I mean, Jack had to mop it up with Jake. You know, so it is that's, a solid build. That's where Leia comes in as well. You know, you point the wrong way one turn, next turn you just turn around and come back at them. No consequences. We're seeing more newer lists uh, coming in uh, since the changes. So I'm seeing a lot of Darth Suns here. I'm starting to see Jedi's coming in. Um, even started seeing some Sis. I mean, obviously myself making cut with with Sis, but I'm starting to see a lot of drones and energy shells coming in. Is there anything you've got your eye on that you think is going to start to be a lot more prevalent out of those? Yeah, so I'm, I'm looking at um, Jedi. I'm not looking at Sis at the moment. 
And I'm seeing a lot of people have started to bring up really janky combos with the arcs and with Jedi. So there was one I saw today, actually, which was Plo Koon and three arcs, which just looks absolutely horrendous. Um, it's just a, a, a savage joisting block. And then, you know, you've obviously got the, the multiple Jedi lists, um, which are really nippy AC ships. And I think as the, the meta is, seems to be, or the competitive environment, I should say, is resolving back into kind of three or four ship builds, it spiked up a bit for a while, but it seems to be dropping back down again. And I think that's one of the reasons why we've seen so much success with um, the fat hand builds, because they are really happy against three ship builds or four, maybe four ship builds. So I think it'll be interesting to see how kind of the the vulture droid swarms or the kind of nippy ace Jedi or the, the torrent swarms or anything like that, how they come out in the meta. I think would be quite interesting. Yeah, I'm definitely starting to see more of them. I mean, even in in one of the uh, hyperspaces, there was a triple triple Jedi list in in cut as well with Mace, uh, Luminari, and one other. I, I can't remember, but the, the you know the all with seven B title on, and they they're seeming to start coming in. Obviously, Julian Hood did really well uh, with two Jedi and two Torrents. And, and I'm seeing a lot more of that about now. I mean, I know, Ben, I've seen you last week uh, that you were trying it out. How did you yeah. find it? Well, as you know, I've been on a bit of an Aces kick after the system opened. And that's I, I tried the two Jedis with the Ark first, and it died quick. So I went to the Torrents like uh, Julian, and it, I loved the list. It's, I'm going to stick with it for a while. The um, I've got Anakin and Obi-Wan. They just basically zip around, do a bit of damage, zip out. The torrents get in the way. I'm really enjoying them, actually. The Jedi, like you said, Rich, are starting to become really popular. And I, do you think as the the faction itself and all the both factions, Sith and Jedi, develop more and more, we're going to see a lot more of them about? Or do you reckon people are just going to stick to what they know with Rebel Salad? Or do you reckon that's going to get phased out, Rich? I think that you've, you've got to look at ffg is a business so these new factions people could just not buy them you know you think it's cool because it's jedi but you know if they're not competitive you wouldn't you know people aren't going to buy lots of them so you know i'm i'm a massive fan of the naboo n1 starfighter so i'm going to buy a few of those i'm going to buy into jedi and i think those are going to be really powerful to start off with and then might be balanced back down again by points changes it'll be interesting to see how they make them good or what's good in there, like whether you're going to need to buy seven of something or eight of something, <laughs> or whether, you know, you can just say, you know, three Jedi and, and these upgrades that have just appeared or whatever. So it, I think we're going to see a massive shift next month or six weeks' time, whenever it is that they release Wave 4 to the market, because they're releasing a bunch of new cards and upgrades and things as well. They're generic. So we think plasma torpedoes and a few um, auto cannons and things like that. So it might actually end up making Rebel Beef stronger because of those upgrades that are suddenly available. But I think it will definitely give the Republic faction a, a way to challenge into kind of the, the meta staples that are existing at the moment. So, you know, we're talking about hyperspace, but, you know, you look at extended, all of these things are, are going to be viable in, in extended as well. So it will change the game against things like Quad Phantoms, against things like um, Handbrake Han or whatever you want to call it, and against the Rebel Beef list. So, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, definitely that the, the Naboo Starfighters look pretty good with that full throttle ability. That's uh, I'm, I'm really liking them. It's actually starting to turn my head. I was looking forward to the Hyena Bombers for the Cis faction, but I think now looking forward, I'm actually more looking forward to Gene Ocean fighters in Wave 5. Start get me a bit of an ace in there as well, because I've seen I-6. So, I mean... Yeah, he looks good. He looks good. Yeah. I mean, Ben, obviously you've flown a lot of Darth as well and Imperials all over the time with Darth Vader and Sunseer being available within hyperspace now and we're starting to see a bit more of Darth Vader being prevalent in hyperspace more than ever do you, do you reckon that's going to come more into it now we've got Sunseer as well yeah well a lot of people have a, a fondness for Sunseer anyway not Bob D but everybody else just love him I, I do think we're heading back towards Aces again because Aces can nip around the Rebel beef as well. You know, if you, if you get it right, they they just don't ever get a shot on you. So Vader and Sunter being I six, the, the the Imperials still can make a big bid and move after everything. And Vader out of arc can do, do help of damage, can't he? Oh, definitely. He's definitely got that capability into him. Going forward, I'm staying with the Sis. I think it's quite good. I mean, whether it'll still be good and still be viable when. I'm going forward, obviously, with Dooku, Grievous and Maul are doing me some good. Like I said, I mean, I came top four after our producer, Tim, graciously uh, dropped. Um, so I made it into the cup. <laughs> I was out of the cup by one MOV. But I think going forward, the more I, I concentrate on this faction, the more I'm going to get ahead of the game with within this faction. Do you both feel the same looking at going into Jedi now? Do you feel like if now's a good time and to try and get ahead of everyone before everyone jumps on board this this Jedi ship? The thing is with the Jedi's is if you were good aces beforehand, someone like Chris Z, I think he can probably just pick them up and he'd be really good with them straight away. So I think if if you practice in any type of aces, you can probably just jump straight into the Jedi. And Rich, is that what you're looking at? Are you going for that AC-type list? I'm a fan of two archetypes. One is um, something really big and resilient, like a Veni or, or something like that, or a Fat Han or something um, that, that is hard to kill. Um, the other one is like four mini aces, so like the, the lower PS resistance, things like that. Is one of the reasons I'm really looking forward to the Naboo fighters. To, to answer your question, I think it, there's a lot of value in practicing with a list or with a set of archetypes whether you're going to be playing that forever or not you know if you know that you're best with you know say 40 70s or you're best with 3t 70s or whatever that you can play that list till the cows come home every game night every weekend every tournament and then you know you'll see yourself through cut through the cut with that list just because you know how it works you know what it does, you know when to cycle ships in and out, and you know how to win against different lists. And because you've got so many reps with something, you know, you're coming up against somebody who's decided that they're going to fly the, the latest net list on the, the Friday night before the tournament starts and have gone out and bought the bits they need for it and they've turned up without one rep with it. You know, you can beat that person because they're trying to learn how the list works while they're playing you. So, yeah, I think um, getting ahead of the game on Sis and Jedi now is, is probably a good strategy for when they do creep up the power curve in a bit i mean you're right people will take builds see the na- late, latest net list and take it to a tournament thinking it's going to be an auto win and as you say if you've put enough reps in with not necessarily with them ships but a certain archetype i think you know you you are on that level yeah. um, i mean i i did it 
on the last was it store championship or something in version one that we played at um, at Element. I took one of the hundred point ace builds and I had a dreadful time. I just I just hated it because I'd played <laughs> it about four times before and it was boring. And I should have taken the list that I actually enjoyed flying at the time rather than taking the thing that I was proper tryharding with. I had the worst day of my life. It was just awful. And then you know the next tournament I went to, I flew the thing that I enjoyed flying and I had a great time. It is sometimes fly what you love and fly what you know and know what you love as well and then you can do better. That's us for this evening. Thank you very much to both of you. Thank you, Rich. Oh, cheers. And thank you, Ben. Some no worries. Real good insight there. Goodbye from us all. It's goodbye from producer Tim. And thank you very much for joining us. Till the next time on this uh, Sift Takers Snapshots podcast. Au revoir. <laughs>